You're listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show, where business leaders and health experts give insight while you take a break from the daily grind. Your host, Joey Price, is an entrepreneur with over a decade of startup experience and CEO of the managed HR services firm Jumpstart HR. Want to join the conversation or have an idea for the show? Tweet us at BizLifeCoffee or Joey directly at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLCMoments. Want more episodes? Head on over to iTunes to subscribe. Business, life, and coffee, personal development for busy professionals. Now let's get to the show. Fostering spark moments of innovation can be one of the most significant challenges for large corporations and a common impediment to long-term success. Corporate entrepreneurship has spurred some of the most innovative companies and products, but it is still considered more of a fancy term than a realized innovation. Of late, many leading companies are jumping into a new wave of entrepreneurship in the form of internal startup models, with a goal to unearth existing IP that has potential for market success. Joining me to talk about this and more is KP Reddy, co-founder and partner of The Combine. Hey KP, what's going on? Hey, how are you? Hey, good to see you, Gore. Good to speak with you today. So... A lot of our listeners here are entrepreneurs, but then there's quite a few that work for large companies and are have hit somewhat of a glass ceiling as uh, that they feel with regard to their growth. Could you tell us a little bit about corporate entrepreneurship and what it's all about? Absolutely. So if you look at, you know, I always say we're not doing anything necessarily that new, maybe rehashing the old, but, you know, if you look at it, most people don't realize that, you know, Microsoft did not invent Windows, Xerox did. IBM didn't invent the mouse, Xerox did. You know, so there's always there's a track record of large companies and even some smaller companies that create innovation because a they have the resources, time and space to really take the time to find new inventions and invent things, but rarely are they able to take them to market if it's not in their core business. As well as if you look in the startup community, which I'm heavily engaged with, they tend to act like we know big companies, they don't get it. They're not innovative. They're not this. But in fact, you have great talent within these large companies. However, you know, you have two and a half kids, buy a house, buy some cars. The idea of leaving your corporate job and living off ramen noodles for the next two <laughs> years is, is less interesting. So what we've done is created a path where companies actually partner with us. We spin out the startup into a new company. And the inventors in that corporate organization are actually able to participate in seeing their startup actually happen. And a lot of times they are loaned out to our startup. They get to keep their 401ks and all the things that make them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. They kind of get to go work, play startup with us. And the, the really neat part is they get to work with a team like ours that have a track record of entrepreneurial success and really, you know, entrepreneurship is not something you learn in the classroom. It's definitely a internship yeah. program. And so they get to work with uh, our team and really learn what it really means to run a company. And, you know, and if they choose down the road to, to leave the big company and come do start, you know, come work in the startup, they can work that out. If they decide, hey, this is really cool. I'm going to go spin up another idea. I'm not really interested in seeing it through. But I'm going to go create another idea. And then they come back to us. So it's an interesting partnership model that you have here with companies and allowing, I guess it's a win-win situation for the company because of course they're getting new IP that can go to market, but then you're also infusing new life in someone's career path 
because they can now focus on developing their pet project that can turn into a revenue generator. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at how corporate, I mean, corporations understand this. I mean, they understand that they have to keep engaged with their employees. They don't get to choose what their employees want to engage in. They they kind of have to fall in line with what the their employees want. And you, and you see this natural progression of corporate innovation and engagement where they say, let's do a hackathon. And so mm-hmm. they do one hackathon, which is generally low risk, right? You get someone to sponsor you know, five or 10,000 bucks and you have space and you buy pizza and beer and you have a hackathon. And they do a few of those and they say, hey, this is really cool. Our employees are engaging. They're doing innovative stuff. We're learning more about them. They're learning more about us. And then maybe they graduate from there and get more financial commitment internally and you know, buy in internally and they do an accelerator. They say, hey, we're going to do an accelerator. It's going to be a six-week program. We'll put in $25,000, come in and build something for six weeks and they go do that. But then what we say is, well, what happens next? You mm-hmm. built all these really cool ideas. Everybody went out to the, went back to their day job and making sure they filled out their TPS reports, et cetera. You know, they go back into that corporate life. <laughs> what happened to all that great innovation? And we kind of view ourselves as the next step in the life cycle of corporate innovation. Yeah, I mean, you, you touched on something there that can be so demotivating is uh, when you invest so much time and, and energy and passion into a project and then it gets scrapped with no chance of, of life. You know, and, and I'm, I'm hearing you discuss, you know, your, your partnership there and the idea of corporate entrepreneurship. And it all sounds great to me. What are some of the common objections that you might see in large companies or why might a large company be slow to start with adopting this model? Yeah, so a lot of large companies, especially if they have outside shareholders, are somewhat stuck in, 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 in a quagmire. If you're a public company whose investors believe you're a safe investment, I give, you, know, you give dividends, you're a value play investment, and then you run off and start doing high-risk, high-return innovation, that's not why I invest in your company. So there, there's definitely some resistance to companies in that value stock category working with us because they believe that their shareholders would view it as high risk, mm-hmm. where in fact, we're actually de-risking their innovation because it's a partnership. So we're, we're taking on risk as well. So we help de-risk it through our own, you know, by us taking on some of that risk. The other thing, you know, this happens in kind of closed door meetings is we're a little concerned that you're, that our employees will be so excited about working with you guys that they're going to leave. And that's not our mission. Our mission is not <laughs> like we don't want them to leave, though. So one of the things we've done is we've had to really work with management of companies to help them understand that why don't you give your employee, you know, if they invented it, how about we give them some equity in the new company? And then they get best of both worlds. They get to see their baby get off the ground and have some economic interest in it. And they get to keep their day job. Yeah. And that is a conversation that's been hard to have because most corporations, this idea that we're going to let an employee have equity in something that's not in our core business, you know, that's not how that works. They built that IP on our watch. And I'm like, that's, you know, if you want to continue to retain people and have them engaged, let them go back and invent the next best thing. Yeah. And right. then monetize it. So totally agree. Totally agree. And so you are, uh, and again, listeners, we're, we're chatting with KP Reddy, co-founder and partner of The Combine. Tell us a little bit, let's deep dive into The Combine and who you are, who your key players are, and, and your, the geography of your business and, and all those details. Okay. 
Yeah, so we, me and my partner, Hans Utz, we started this actually in Atlanta. I was at the time running the incubator here. It's one of the oldest incubators in the world called ATDC. It's based on Georgia Tech campus. And he was essentially running the city of Atlanta for the mayor and was given the task of how do we drive more innovation in Atlanta? And so we both left our you know, day jobs, which a lot of entrepreneurs do, and said, let's go figure this out. And we spent a lot of time. You know, Atlanta is a good environment to get on the get on the schedule of a lot of big CEOs, you know, agendas. Mm-hmm. And we went and had a lot of, you know, we did a lot of customer discovery and talked to most of the CEOs here in this town and, and basically came to the conclusion that they want to do innovation. They're interested in innovation, but they really don't know what to do. And at some point, innovation can't be a marketing and HR exercise. There has to be true return on investment. And when we said, like, let us make money for you, you may have invested a million dollars in an idea, but if we spin it out and we go build it like a real company, I can probably get you 10 million back. Then all of a sudden the ears perk up, right? So now all of a sudden innovation is no longer about retention, recruitment, and culture. It's now about monetization and delivering real returns. And I always tell people, if you can get the CFO excited about what you're doing, everybody else just falls in line. Um, That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, that's what we've done, and geography-wise, we have portfolio now in Scotland. We have portfolio in New York, Sun Valley. So we're, our team is kind of global in nature, and we believe that geography, if you focus on a certain geography, you, in fact, create selection biased bias where you will not invest and find time to spend on the, the right ideas. You'll just spend it on the ideas that are in your backyard, which the best ideas are not always in your backyard. I totally agree. I totally agree. My company, Jumpstart HR, it's HR outsourcing for small businesses and startups in the U.S. And I wanted to not be pigeonholed to a single geographic location because we want to work with the best and brightest small businesses and help them. And, and you may not always find that in your backyard. And you know, most of our customers are outside of the Maryland area where we call home. So I think it's a testament to what you're saying, you know. The world is, is no longer flat and we are connected by wires and video and technology in ways like never before. So I'm all about the uh, global economy movement. Absolutely. Do you have any success stories or companies that have been created by your corporate entrepreneurship model? Yeah, actually, we've been working with a company in New York called Thornton Tomasetti. And Thornton Tomasetti has... You know, they've done the hackathons. They have an accelerator called Twin, and they are a world-class structural engineering firm. So they've designed some of the tallest buildings in the world that you know. And when you're designing the tallest buildings in the world, you really can't buy technology off the shelf. You're, you're having to innovate. How do, I, you know, how do I get that much taller? How do I do the next big thing? So we're actually, we've been working with them and their accelerator, and we will be launching five out of their company this year, out of Twin, that have come out of their accelerator. And the interesting thing about it is only a, a couple of them are actually focused in the building industry, whereas the others are actually technology that they invented for structural engineering, but actually applies to other industries and other markets that they would have never pursued. You know, they, they don't have expertise in automotive or sensors, and that's not their world. They're structural engineers. But the technology has broad application across other industries that they would have never really pursued. Yeah. And this reminds me of uh, a book I'm sure you've, you've read, 
rework by Jason Fried of 37 Signals. And there's a chapter in there where they basically say every product creates a byproduct. And so I think that is a testament to this company you're referring to and anyone pursuing entrepreneurship because you have your main business line, but every business line creates another additional opportunity for you to add value to someone else, whether it's through the expertise that you're learning through delivering your own main product or some technology or resource that you can develop to make your the execution of your products and services easier, you can then license that to someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, we, we really believe, I mean, to an entrepreneur that's hitting that level of frustration within their company, I'm doing all these really cool things. Why can't we do something? You know, let's do the next thing. They tend to be the, the folks that we get phone calls from. Hey, yeah. you know, can you come talk to my boss? Can you come do a workshop and talk to our leadership about what's next? And you know, we've, we've kind of are now starting to own the what's next of corporate innovation and entrepreneurship. And that's a great, great segue into the, the next and final question here. And that's how would someone listening to the podcast reach out to you and, and have you come to their office, make a presentation, or how would they otherwise contact you and get more information? So our website is, if we've done our job, our, our website's uh, chock full of information. It's www.thecombine.co. Excellent. So that's a great place to to come check out content and see what we're up to and contact us, meet our team, kind of see our team members and where they've been and what they've done. Excellent. Let's start. Excellent. Well, KP, it's been a pleasure and I sure hope to chat with you again in the near future. And I, I want everyone to go check out the Combine and we'll post the link to your uh, website in our show notes. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks. Have a great day. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at JoeyVPriceHR with the hashtag BLCMoments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.BusinessLifeAndCoffee.com and our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.